Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4. Hallelujah. Now, if you're not saved today, you need to get saved this morning. You can. The door of God's grace is still open. He's still calling to you. You need to follow Him in water baptism after church. If you're away from the Lord, you can come back to the Lord, rededicate your life, and do the same. The way back is the same way that you came the first time. The way of the cross. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. Jesus was speaking to the church of that day, and it also applies to our time period. Remember, therefore, for whence thou art fallen. In other words, they fell from grace. Now, repent. So we're talking about people that are backslid in the church. And to repeat, backsliders come back to Christ just like sinners come to Christ. No different. Amen. Do your first works. Everybody say first works. Now, water baptism cannot save your soul, but it, the way we see this, it is a work. And so we need to do the first works over if we've backslid and now we come back to Christ and rededicate our lives to the will of God, we need to redo that. Like I always say, it's better to be safe than sorry. Now, there's provisions made in the gospel and, and you're fortunate enough to have an opportunity to take advantage of what God offers today to you. Amen. And your family. The Lord went on to say, I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place except you repent. And so repentance then is the first part to come into Christ. For a sinner or a backslider, you have to repent. That means you're changing your mind about the way you've been living. And you're willing to bow the knee to Christ. Ask for forgiveness of your sins. Receive what he did for you on Calvary's cross. The, the cleansing of sins by his precious blood. By his death. Amen. You're made alive. After all, he did come out of the grave, right? And he is the Savior. You must deal with this issue in your life, no matter what your age is. I think it's time we quit blaming other people and start looking at ourselves. Say, Lord, I need help. You see, then we change our mind. Because, you see, people can't save themselves. They can't even come back to Christ on their own. It is the working of the Holy Spirit. And He's on the job today. If you'll listen and feel with your heart. Amen. Believers produce fruit. Then works follow. So if you're a believer, the work of baptism will follow as an evidence that you believe. On the other hand, non-believers try to produce works that will 
bring about fruit, it won't work. It won't work. There's no amount of good works you can do as a non-believer to produce fruit good enough that God will accept. On the other hand, if you're a believer, the fruit will be there and you'll have some works automatic. Amen. One of the works is to follow the Lord in water baptism. In this scripture, Revelations 2, then they fell from grace. And as I said, a person must repent, whether they're a backslider or a non-believer. They must repent. That means change your mind, change your direction. Surrender your life to Christ Jesus. Receive Him by faith to the Savior and Lord into your life. Oh, you don't have it. You don't have salvation, see. You can't join a church. You can't do any good works to merit salvation. There's nothing we can do except God. Just accept God's offer. His offer is free of charge. But you must become as a little child in order to receive it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now we have two ordinances in the church. The first one is water baptism. The second one is communion. Everybody uh, looks at communion that it's important. And it is very important because both of these aspects pertain to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They symbolize something that was done for us 2,000 years ago. And they are to be active in the believer's life. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2 this morning, as you're listening quite well this morning. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We'll use this this morning for water baptism of Scripture, even though there's a double reference, all right? Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then verse 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. That's definitely water baptism. The same day were added 3,000 souls. And so there were people there counting heads. One, two, three, four, three thousand exactly, repented, received Christ as Savior and Lord, were born again. Because of that truth, they followed the Lord in water baptism immediately. Amen. Nothing's changed today. Amen. Because, I could, I could paraphrase this to help you understand. In verse 38, because of the forgiveness of sins. By placing faith in Christ, the pardoned one is to follow Christ in water baptism. When the Bible says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's talking about not the Jesus only doctrine that's in the Pentecostals today, but it's talking about to be baptized in the authority of the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. See, there's no name greater in heaven and in earth than that name. Yeshua, Messiah, all referred to the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. The only Savior and Lord. No others. Amen. So it isn't optional. Uh, we receive commandments from our commander-in-chief, our general, our heavyweight champion of the universe, to be baptized. In the name of Jesus or in the authority of his name. 
Amen. Now let's go to Acts chapter 22 and verse 13. Hallelujah. Of course, the writings of the great apostle Paul. He's recapping some of the story here about Ananias. And verse 13, we'll start there today. Came unto me and stood before me and said, Brother Saul. Now, if you're a brother, you're a born again. Amen. He said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And verse 16 now is the one that people use out of text. And it reads this. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Call upon the name of the Lord. All right, now, Paul was already saved. His sins was already washed by the blood of Christ. And Ananias came in and laid hands on him, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. They have an amen. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then, Paul, don't wait any longer. Rise up and get water baptized, which he did. Amen. Now, if the great apostle Paul needed to be water baptized, I think we did. Amen. Now look at chapter 19. Paul continues to write. Hallelujah. Verse 3 will start, verse 3 to 6. And he said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Now you remember John was called John the Baptist. That's because he baptized people with water unto repentance. And that meant they were looking for the Savior to come. See? They were saved in the Old Testament by looking for the Savior to come. We're saved in the New Testament covenant by looking back to the Savior that did come. Of course, he's ever present right now by the Holy Spirit, you understand, and alive. But that's, that's the, <clears throat> what we're thinking about. And uh, verse 4 says, Then Paul, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ. Well, that's what I just said. And then verse 5 says, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, sometimes they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus because they were Jews. And therefore, the Jews that crucified Christ had to submit to the authority of His name. Therefore, they emphasized the name of Jesus to those Jews. However, as Gentiles, those are formerly we must be baptized in to be valid. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Now verse 6, the Bible says, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And I need a big amen from everybody. So they got saved. They were born again. Paul rebaptized them according to the New Covenant standard, laid his hands upon them, and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues and prophesied. That's what the Word of God says, and that's what we believe. It can happen any time. Even before you're water baptized, you can receive the Holy Ghost. The gift is to you and all your children, and to many as God shall call. But the condition is you must repent and be born again first. Amen. Amen. So actually what he was saying, 
you know, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost, verse 2, since you believed, that since you believed in Christ, when you believe in Christ, you become converted. There's a change in your life. And Paul asked the question in verse 2, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we don't, we don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. See, they hadn't heard about the second work of grace. Now, so he goes through the proper sequence, and they received the Holy Ghost after they were water baptized. Praise the Lord. In other words, there was the water baptism after conversion, then the Holy Spirit baptism for power. Acts 1.8, Acts 2.4. All right? How many understands what I just said? Well, you can if you just read the Bible and be teachable and want more of God. So when Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost? What he was asking, do you want more of God? Basically, that's what it is. When you receive salvation, you receive the Lord in your heart. That's the new birth. But how many wants more of God? (laughs) We should want more. And the way we receive more of God is the Holy Spirit himself. The second work of grace or the gift of God. First things first. Gift of salvation, Jesus. Second thing, gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself. Praise God. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 10 because in this, by this scripture in verse 9, chapter 19, we would assume that you must be water baptized before you can receive the Holy Ghost. But now in Acts chapter 10, there is something a little bit different. And let's look at verse 38. We're going to read some scripture now, so stay with me. I'll read slow. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's what God wants us to grow to. To be just like Jesus, to work the works he did and greater works. That's the assignment. That's God's will for all of us, without exception, if you're in the church. Amen. Then verse 39 says, We are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of Jews and Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him and God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Now notice the gospel is always involved. Absolutely. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. There's the gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection is presented to Cornelius, who was a Gentile, not a Jew. Considered a dog, uncircumcised, you see. But God has a plan. After he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, to him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. In other words, whosoever believes in Christ shall receive forgiveness of your sins. That's a good deal. Because the Bible says everybody's sin. Right? Amen. Then, verse 44, while Peter had spake these words, the gospel, truth, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Now, they were ready. Cornelius was pray, praying, angels visited him, he gave alms, I mean, it got God's attention, and 
The angel said, call for Peter. He'll tell you words whereby you and your house shall be saved. So Cornelius wasn't even saved yet. All right, so Peter brings the good news to Cornelius who wanted to know. See, that's the deal. Do you want to know? Or are we just wasting our time? Amen. God's looking for people that wants to know the truth because the truth is the only thing that's going to ever set us free and keep us free. You must accept the truth if you want to be free. The truth is that Christ is who He says He is. While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. They of the circumcision, or we could say they of the Jews. All right? The Jews didn't accept the Gentiles until here. They of the Jews which believed were astonished. Now they were born again Jews. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, how did they know the Gentiles received the new birth and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, the next verse says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. However, they weren't water baptized. But, Peter said in verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? which have received the Holy Ghost like us. There was the sign, the tongues. There was the sign that they were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, accepted of God, and they were Gentiles. Now God is bringing Gentiles into covenant with the Jews. Glory to God. So Peter said, hey, looks like God saved the Gentiles, and so they need to get water baptized. Christ commanded us to baptize, and so... That's what we're going to do. And then verse 48 says, And he commanded him to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Everybody say commanded. Amen. Amen. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed he would tarry certain days. Hallelujah. So then baptism seems to be a symbol of being previously placed in Christ. When you're born again, you're baptized into Christ. Because of that fact, then you are to follow your commander-in-chief and be baptized in water. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about in John 3, you must be born again. Amen. And this is the way we teach it until the Lord shows me otherwise. If you're born again, water baptism is not optional. If you reject water baptism, then it's a black mark on your account and laid onto your account as sin. Because all rebellion against God's will is sin. If you don't get that corrected and you can do it today, it'll build up and separate you from God. If sin separates a sinner from God, I tell you right now, Unconfessed sin will separate a believer from God. It's just a matter of time. Amen. So I, I encourage you to make the right decision today. It's all based on your decision. What you do about God's will. Romans chapter 6 this morning. And verse 3. Now I hope we don't confuse folks this morning. 
Know ye not that as so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? All right, now let's think about it just a minute. So many of us as were baptized into Jesus, not water. So that means I've been born again. I've been baptized into Christ. That's the new birth. If I've received eternal life, which is a new birth, then I was baptized into the death of Jesus. So water baptism then represents that. Water baptism represents, well, I I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Therefore, when I follow him, I'm signifying to God and the world that I'm accepting my death on the cross when Jesus died. I have been baptized into Christ, so in the mind of God, when Jesus died on the cross, I died. I'm going down to the river to be, to be buried alive. I'm finally going to show my heavenly father, the man I used to be, has finally died. Hallelujah. Folks, this is serious. Just like communion is very serious. Is it essential for salvation? It is essential to your faith walk. Amen. We need to get serious about God. We need to get serious about our walk with the Lord. We need to get ourselves straightened up concerning the Word of God and follow Him 100%. Praise the Lord. Give the devil no room to get in and still kill and destroy in our lives. Verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism. That's a spirit baptism. I was spiritually baptized into Christ, therefore... God says, I've been buried with Christ. In other words, when Jesus was buried in the borrowed tomb, we were buried with him. Amen. Then it goes on to say, the Bible does, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Now, in view of the fact that Christ was raised from the dead, so were we. The deal is, the sins that were on us Staying in the grave. (laughs) Praise God. They died out. They were annihilated. They were destroyed by the blood of Christ. To be remembered no more. Praise the Lord. Then the last part of verse 4 says, So we should walk in newness of life. How many understands what that that scripture is meaning right there? No one. All right, let's go back to verse 3. Know ye not. (laughs) If you don't understand this scripture, I need to counsel with you about 10 hours about the new birth. Amen. To repeat, if you've been born again, you died when Jesus died. You were buried when Jesus was buried, but you also arose when he arose to walk in newness of life right now before you get water baptized. However, when you get baptized, it's going all the way under the water, which is burial. I ought to hold you under there about five minutes, you honoring rascals. And then, but when you come up out of the water, it's symbolic of the resurrection to walk in newness of life. What you're saying is, I accept what Jesus did, I'm proving it. By a work that I'm doing, 
Also, I know in the future I will be resurrected. Whether the rapture comes or I come out of the grave, I will live with God forever in heaven with a new body. That's what it's saying. Praise God. And we need to witness to the world. When we go down there, whether it's just a few of us or whatever, they get baptized, the drunks will get out of the road. Glory to God. God will speak to those people because they need God. We need to be witnesses for Christ and not be ashamed of Him. And I'm not. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13 this morning. And I hope I'm not confusing anyone today. Hallelujah. Because I'm born in the Spirit of God... I will follow Christ's example. Amen. Now this is what happened when Jesus, the Son of God, came up to John the Baptist. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Now isn't that a strange thing? Here you've got the Son of God who had no sin. Why would he need to be baptized? Well, he said it was to fulfill righteousness. See? And so he submitted. God in the flesh submitted to water baptism. And we're going to follow Christ in the same way. Now, I'm not John the Baptist. I don't eat grasshoppers and wear camel's hair and all that. John the Baptist... uh, was a Nazarite. He didn't touch strong drink and never cut his hair. Can't you see that? Long hair and long beard. Eating grasshopper. And telling the Jews, you're a bunch of snakes. Get out of here. I'm not going to baptize you. And you're going to hell. Who told you to flee the wrath to come? And the people knew he was a prophet. Come on, somebody. That's tough. Not like these guys we got today on TV. Hello, somebody. And so... Verse 14 said, John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you. I should guess. John knew who Jesus was. And you come to me, I need to be baptized of you. And you come to me for baptism? Jesus said, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becomes to fulfill all righteousness. And then he suffered him. And then, then they baptized, he baptized Jesus. All right. And Jesus, when he was baptized... Went up straightway out of the water, no sprinkling. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now, I've seen people get filled with the Holy Ghost coming up out of that water. And you've got to hold on to the preacher because he might go down too. So. <laughs> and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Now here we have a picture of the Trinity. Everybody say Trinity. you got the second person of Trinity and flesh, the Lord Jesus himself. Now beyond this tonight a little bit, that, that uh, Jesus was more than a Jew. Amen, hallelujah. Then we got the Father God speaking from heaven and saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. Now, Christ had worked no miracles. And yet the Father God was well pleased with His Son. 
Obedience is better than miracles. Amen. 30 years old Jesus was when he was baptized, before he started his ministry. Then the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit himself, came down like a dove and lit upon the Son of God and anointed him without measure. I asked the Lord one time, what did that mean? And the best the Lord could explain to me in my finite mind was this. If we get all the Spirit-filled church and the whole world together in one church service, the Holy Ghost starts moving. That's what Jesus walked in. Glory to God. Walk on the water. Amen. Praise the Lord. And yet, He was still a man. So the Trinity would be in operation today. Hallelujah. As your faith is, so be it unto you. In Matthew 28 and verse 19 is the last verse of Scripture today. Hallelujah. A lot of times the Bible talks about baptism is talking about the new birth. Sometimes baptism is talking about the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it's talking about water baptism. But there is one specific way that God accepts to be baptized in water. Only one way. Of course, when we gather in the name of Jesus, we are gathering in the name of Jesus and the authority of His name. That's a church service. Two or three or more, that's all it takes to have a church service. But we've got angels with us too. Now, we pray in Jesus' name. We preach in Jesus' name. See, everything that the believer does concerning the kingdom of God is always in the name of Jesus. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We pray the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. We lay hands on in the name of Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we always conclude our prayer in the name of Jesus. Isn't that right? But that's not the way you baptize. To repeat, when we baptize, we pray in Jesus' name. Therefore, in that sense, yes, you're being baptized in the authority of Jesus' name. But there is one formula that needs to be spoken into your life and over your life by the minister that God accepts and only one. And we're going to read it. Verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of Everybody say name. Now, that's one name. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Yes, there is one God. We are monotheistic. We don't believe in more than one God. There is one God. But there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, Paul said. I like to explain it this way. There is one Godhead. Known respectively as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Quit trying to figure it out. Just accept it. We can't comprehend the vastness of God. He is who He is. The Almighty God. Go ye therefore. This was the divine commission. The divine commission. So when one gets baptized, we are fulfilling the divine commission. Go to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. 
In Jesus' name. We cover all the bases, you see. Because the devil's going to come and tell you, that didn't apply to you. Just like that lying devil said, oh, you didn't get saved. Lying devil. Oh, you didn't get to feel the Spirit. It's just all in your mind. They just got your tongue tangled up a little bit. No, that lying devil, shut up. Amen. Word of God says I was saved. I call upon the name of Jesus, pray the prayer of faith, I'm saved. I ask for the Holy Spirit. God will not give me a serpent. I'll receive the Holy Spirit. Whether it's right then or later or whatever, I will receive the Holy Spirit and I will speak the prayer language and I will have the power of God. Because of these truths, I'm going to get water baptized. The devil can't stop me. Religion's going to get out of the road. It won't make me more saved, but it'll sure confirm my salvation. Praise God. If we knew how serious this was, we'd be running in the water. We'd be running down in there. Please baptize me. Please. That's how serious God takes this thing. Because it's talking about His Son and what He did for us. Very serious. Teach them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. Notice those words command in the Bible here. That, that's a military term. And he said, Jesus said, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the world. We go over to Africa, have a baptismal service. I don't do the baptizing because I don't like snakes. Praise God. But they do. They get out there and the snakes get out of the road. Run the cows out of the watering hole because there's only one watering hole and it's muddy. But they run out there and get baptized. You can't hold them back, can you, Billy? Here they come, man. Next, 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 next. Standing just like a horse chomping at the bit, wanting to run. Next, let me in the water. And the urgency about this thing, because salvation is so serious. Heaven is so real. Why do we want to miss it? You don't have to miss it. You can be included in God's family. All you have to do is die. What do you mean? That old you that's sinful must be put on the cross. And I know after we get saved, we want to come off sometimes and run our life. Hey, what for? We made a mess of it before that. So what I'm saying is I'm going to let God take over. I've had enough of the world I'm through with sinning. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And I want to turn my life completely over to Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord and prove it today by getting baptized. you enjoyed today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zionward Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zionward Ministries International.
strong.